Praise the Lord. Y'all know how we do in this church. You say praise the Lord. We praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Well, Pastor prayed. Uh, Sister Barbara prayed. I received with them. Heavenly Father, I thank you now, Father, for this evening. Thank you for the speakers. Thank you for uh, this word that is coming forth, Father God. We thank you for tonight and everything that you're doing in the lives of your people, Father God. I move out the way, Father God, and I ask and I yield myself to you, Father God. Speak, Father God. Speak to me. Speak through me, Father God. And I thank you, Father God, for the hearts here to receive, Father God, your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, amen. I'm excited. Are y'all excited? I'm excited, as you can tell. Praise the Lord. Make sure my iPad doing what it's supposed to do. So, I'm here, and Pastor asked me to uh, speak a word this evening, and as you can tell. And, uh, you know, a lot of people say I ain't going to be before you long. I'm really not going to be before you long because he gave me a certain time. So, praise the Lord <laughs> for that. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I'm just settling in a little bit. Praise God. You know, I don't normally... You know, I, ain't, I wasn't raised up in church, so I don't know all the, you know, the colloquialism, you know, all the protocol. You know, giving honor to God who is head of my life. You know, pastor, only lady. No. See, no first lady. See, your first and second is only lady, Pastor Kim. You know, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, my wife, hey, how you? Praise the Lord. All the pastors, preachers, evangelists, teachers, everybody in their respective places. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> I just practiced that real well. No. <laughs> no. Um, let's, uh, well, when, uh, when I sat down and said, okay, Lord, what do you want me to share? I've just been so elated about this trip that my wife and I were able to take. And it's just been, it's been a blessing. And, you know, it's just kind of, it's, you know, there's a time where you just get this refreshing from the Lord. And this just, we, I believe that this was, that was for us. And so, and she agrees with me. I see her nodding. Amen. Praise the Lord. And, but um, a part of that, it reminded me of a scripture. So I'm going to go to this scripture. Uh, Media, I'm going to change it up on you. I know, I know, I gave it to you. Second Corinthians 8, 1 through 7, but in the message. We're going to the message. 2 Corinthians 8, 1 through 7. And I'm going to read this all the way through. You don't have to read with me. I'm just going to read. Just follow along. Now, friends, I want to report on the surprising and generous, generous ways in which God is working in the churches in Macedonia province. Fierce troubles came down on the people of those churches, pushing them to the very limit. The trial exposed their true colors. They were incredibly happy, though desperately poor. The pressure triggered something totally unexpected, an outpouring of pure and generous gifts. I was there and I saw it for myself. They gave offerings of whatever they could, far more than they could afford, uh, pledging for the privilege of helping out in the relief of poor Christians. Uh, this was totally spontaneous, entirely on their own, on their own idea, and caught us uh, uh, completely off guard. Excuse me. What explains it was that they had first given themselves unreservedly to God and to us. The other giving simply flowed out of the purposes of God working in their lives. That's what prompted us to ask Titus to bring the relief offering to your attention so that 
what was so well begun could be finished up. And this is verse 7 that says, you do so well in so many things. You trust God. You're articulate. You're insightful. You're passionate. You love us. Now, do your best in this too. Okay. Now, we know this scripture uh, we've been walked through with Pastor. Pastor talked about this. If you haven't heard it, it's uh, financial grace. He's talked about how this, the church at Macedonia was able to give beyond their ability to give. And so, you know, when we went out to Naco, I just, Naco, Mexico, it was just, you know, that experience, it reminded me of this scripture here. And so just a little bit about that. I know I gave the testimony and I didn't really stick to the script, but I wanted to say a few things um, that when we were going over, I mentioned, hey, first, my wife, we, we, we said, okay, we're going to sit down. We're going to pray about this thing before we do anything else. We're going we're gonna to talk with mom and dad. We're going to say, hey, this is something that we're thinking about doing. We desire to do. Is it okay? What are you thinking? You know, because we want to be sent off with the blessing on that. And we partner with them. You know, we partnered with them. So it was very, and then we fasted. So we came together and did all of that to make sure that going forward, this isn't just something that we're doing out of ourselves. You know what I mean? That, uh, that we're at peace with it. Then, of course, it came down to the flights and all of that. So you got the flights. When, you know, in the time frame that we had, we only had about less than two or three weeks to, to make a decision on what flight we we're going to take. And so the flights ended up, they were going to be somewhere around eight or $900 each. I'm like, whew, praise the Lord. Do I want to release that, you know, uh, or are we going to faith this thing in? So we did, and we got the tickets uh, that they were given to us, uh, and they came, regardless of how it happened, it came in for us, and it was increased, you know, so we were grateful, that for, uh, grateful for that. So then uh, we got to North Carolina, which is where we flew out of, and we went over, but we got into North Carolina, and we got the word that, hey, hey, the cartels, you know, kind of cutting up over in Mexico, you know, and uh, I told you about that situation, and then it really turned up at the border. And when I say turned up at the border, they were searching people. They were doing a lot of different things. So it gave uh, us opportunity to really operate in our faith. Now, when we go out, we don't go out in representation other than what God, we're representing God, and we're representing the church here, right? So when we go out, we don't go out there, and we're not going in fear. We're not going to go talk crazy. We're not going to go dressing crazy. We're not going to go acting crazy. So we go out there knowing we've been sent, to do this. So we stayed steadfast on that. So we prayed about it, God, and I asked him, I said, God, hey, let's, let us through. No problems, no situations. We, I don't even want us to have to be able to get out of the car. Now, mind you, we have like, we took 19 people with us, and we had tons and tons of luggage that we packed into two, two vehicles. Everybody's packed in one vehicle, and then we got all the luggage packed in another one. So, and when we got to the border, you know, the lady just waved us through. we like, Praise, you know, okay, all right, praise the Lord, we came on through. And so, uh, you know, we kind of stopped for a second because then we see the militia over there and we're like, okay, are they coming for us? But, you know, we, anyway, praise God, we got through. So we got through on there. But then when you get over there, you kind of look, you're, you're looking with your eyes and you're seeing things and you kind of start, you know, I don't want to say judging. Yeah, I want to say judging. You don't want to say judging. You don't want to say judging. You, but, you know, you got to kind of bring it back in because you're looking at the conditions. You know, you're looking at, What's over there is different. Hey, hey, you're in the middle of the desert, first and foremost, but then the standards are different over there as well, too. So, and you know, keep in mind, in, in the context of, of, of what I'm talking about here with this scripture, that, you know, we're, we're going over there for a purpose. 
you know, we're, we're going over there for a purpose, and then we realize that. So we keep constantly thinking. And it's so funny, Pastor, uh, while we were gone that Sunday, Pastor uh, talked about uh, staying lit. One of the things he talked about was just having constant gratitude, right? Uh, you have an attitude of gratitude. You know, I was grateful being there just all the time, just people are looking at me. And I'm like, praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord, because I'm thankful for where I am. You know what I mean? I know I'm not where I'm supposed to be. But I'm, I'm grateful for where I am, you know, looking and considering the situations and circumstances that they're dealing with, you know, so your heart goes out for them. So you, it's an adjustment in your, in your, in your mindset uh, when you do that. Um, I don't already pray, praise the Lord, but I'm going to give you the two words that he gave me when I was reading this scripture. And it's the title of my message. Give up. Dare I say, turn to your neighbor and say, give up. All right. Give up. Yeah. And I know you're probably looking like, wait a minute. Hold on now. Give up. Give up. And so, uh, you know, I'm thinking about, uh, you know, we're talking about our nation, our great nation, America. I was thinking about all of our soldiers and, and, and vets that we have in the house. We have what, uh, Deacon Gershom and uh, Deacon Mack, Deacon Mack, and then, uh, Glenn, Brother Glenn, Deacon Tyrone that sits back behind with uh, <laughs> Brother Dwight back there, praise the Lord. You know, I was thinking about them. And, you know, when, you, when they go out, they just say, never give up, you know, never give in, you know, never die, you know, never, never say die, all of those different things. And we're taught that for years, never give up, never give in, never give up, never give in. And here, you know, myself, I'm coming here telling you to give up, right? Uh, but I'm going to explain <laughs> why those two words came out, right? So it's not that that term of giving up is what you think. So let's go to actually the Webster's Dictionary of give up. And we're going to, you know, Jesus said, he who has ears, let him hear. Have you ever read that in the Amplified? It says, he who understands what I'm talking about, respond in a certain way. So here, this is, this is where we're going. So Webster's Dictionary of give up, the transitive verb, right? It says, to yield control or possession of surrender. Y'all with me already? Praise the Lord. So they say this is forced to give up his job. Now, we ain't giving up our jobs. I didn't tell nobody to get, quit their job, right? <laughs> right? Praise the Lord. Uh, <laughs> with you, Pastor. All right. And so uh, number two, it says to desist from or abandon. Give up, right? Uh, to declare incurable or insoluble, which means, of course, you can't solve it. And then, uh, yeah, I looked that up. I pressed a little button on that. And um, to abandon oneself or to, to a particular feeling or influence or activity. And they gave himself or he gave himself up to or over to. Okay. And so, and then, of course, give up the ghost. Who gave up the ghost? Jesus, praise the Lord. And I saw that. I was like, bless God. That is good, right? It was good to me when I saw it. Praise the Lord. So tonight I'm going to talk about five things that you're going to have to give up to get God's best. Yeah. All right. So let's go to Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, Amplified Classic Version. And then, you know, media is going to put it up on there. Say give up. Give up. Amen. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than, your, than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So, Give up your thoughts. Give up on your own thoughts. That's number one. Give up on your own thoughts. 
God's saying, hey, come up to my thoughts, my ways of doing things. Come up to the way I think. Give up your thoughts. Right? And then, of course, we know Jeremiah 29, 11. We love this. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. And we like to say expect it in because I like to add that in with, um, with the King James Version because, you know, we, we believe that he's given us an end, where, an expectation for where our hope can, can, can uh, grab onto, right? Let's go to Matthew 6.31 to 33 in the King James Version. It says, therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. He already knows. But he's going to tell you what to do. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So he's, all these scriptures are telling you, hey, don't rely on your own thoughts. You know, one of the things that we, we, we always, uh, one of the scriptures, you know, we love the quote is, 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 um, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not onto your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. So right after that is don't be wise in your own eyes, you know, because he's going to tell you where you need to go. You know what I mean? And so uh, this right here, just give up on your own thoughts. Seek God's way of thinking, his processing, acting, his behavior and doing, which are his actions. So come up to his level, come up to his thought process. Let's go to 2 Kings 5.1 and the King James Version. And this is a story. I, I was reading this, and this was kind of funny to me because I, I, I read it, and I read it all the way through with, a, a different, kind of, with different eyes, and it was, it was just kind of funny. And I, so I'm going I'm to read this first verse and then kind of give you a little bit of context of what's going on. Now, Naaman, captain of the hosts of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and honorable, because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. So there was deliverance unto Syria. And he was also a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper. So at the end, it was like, but he was, but all that, but, you know. And so you can kind of understand this, you know, this guy got a little, you know, he probably got a little something on him, you know, because of what happened, but also because of the fact that he was a leper. So now in this situ in this, uh, <laughs> I was going to say situation, it was a situation, but in this, in this story, <laughs> the, uh, the king of Syria was, you know, Syria was Syria. Someone came to him and said, hey, you know, let's do something for Naaman. Let's, 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 you know, let's try and get this situation turned for him. Let's send some stuff over to the king of Israel and the king of Israel, see what you can do about maybe, you know, healing my brother Naaman over here. And the king of Israel, like, what you talking about, man? Am I, am I God? You know, can I do this? What you're talking about? No, nah, you know, I ain't. And the Bible said he rented his clothes. You know, he, people get mad. Ah! Hey, why are you gonna get mad? Tear up your own clothes. Stop cutting up Nike stuff. You know what I mean? But anyway, <laughs> don't burn it no more. You know that type of stuff. But you know, what I'm saying you get mad and you already it's your stuff. Stop renting it. But you know, <laughs> Elisha he he heard about it and he was like, hold up, hold up, hold up, play king. Playboy, flaking. He said, hold up, man. You know, just don't wrench your clothes. He said, just send them over to me. So that's cool. I'm like, cool. You know, he sent them over to me. This is the man of God. And so he goes over and he's got his entourage. And I can see Naaman. I can literally, I can see all of this. And Naaman's going over and he has this idea and this thought in his mind. And, you know, he's going to go over there to the man of God. And, and you get to verse 
what is this, 11? Yeah, 2 Kings 5, 11. Wait, 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 before I get there, when he gets there, Elijah had already sent somebody out to him, and they met him in the parking lot. So he's walking up with his entourage, you know, you know, you know, he's he walking up and he looking, he's probably looking sharp and everything. And the guy, he gets stopped in the parking lot. You, you, you get stopped in the parking lot. You like what? Oh, yeah. Uh, Elijah said, go and uh, go to the Jordan. You know, the Jordan is over there right around the corner. Go wash a couple of times, seven times. And, uh, you know, you're going to be clean. So he was mad. This is what he said right here. This is but Naaman was wroth and went away and said, behold, I thought, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord, his good uh, uh, Lord, God, Lord, his God, and strike his hand over the place and huck up a shine and write up a shande hokata and bring it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's right. He was ready. He had this thought in his mind. But that one, that, that one, you know, which kind of leads me to my second point. Not only give up on your own thoughts, give up on your own plan. Give up on your own plans. It's, 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 yeah. Praise the Lord. And so let's, let's look at uh, 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 another story where God came to somebody and they, their plans were changed. And we'll see the outcome of this, right? Genesis 12, 1 through 7. You can do King James or New King James. I'll read either. <laughs> Genesis 12, 1. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make you make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless you and curse him that curses you. And in, and you all nations, all, excuse me, excuse me, shall all families of the earth be blessed. Let's go on to the next so Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all his substance. And they had gathered, they, they had gathered, and the souls that they had gotten in Haran, and they went forth to go into the land of Canaan. Now, it's funny, they were already kind of headed in a direction where God was going to tell them to go. But it, there's something about when you go and you're going on a word. God will give you a word which will empower you to go and at the right time. And so, and into the land of Canaan, they came, let's go to six. And Abraham passed through the land into the place of Shechem and unto the place of Moray. And then the Canaanite was in, then in the land. And the Lord appeared unto Abraham and said unto thy seed, I will give this land. And there build it an altar. And there builds it he an altar unto the, unto the Lord, excuse me, who appeared unto him. Let me get some water. Praise God. <laughs> and so, yeah, I like that. I, that's why I went to seven, because everywhere you see Abraham stop, he built an altar unto the Lord. And so, you know, an altar is there for sacrifice. For us, we know that we, we, we're bringing our tithes and our offerings and everything that we give unto God. So um, I'm talking about giving up, y'all. You know what I mean? You're giving up of 
uh, yourself, of your substance, of your plans and your thoughts and all of that. So everybody loves this. I love this. If you go to Genesis 13.2 in the Amplified Classic, what does it say? Now, Abraham was extremely rich in livestock and in the silver and in gold. And this was because he was obedient to going and changing his plans. See, he was planning on they were going to stay in Haran for a while and, you know, chill out, kick the willy bobo, you know, all of that. And, you know, people done passed away and all of that. But they're still sitting there. But God gave them a word to move, change your plans, and go over here. And when you do that, you can't buck against it. Well, well where I'm going to go? What I'm going to do, Lord? No, you, you ain't got to do all of that. See, you're not ready. You, you know, just, just go, <laughs> you know. Change your thoughts. I mean, give up on your thoughts. Give up on your plans. And then let's go to 2 Corinthians 8, 3 through 4, New King James. Back into our primary text, it says, For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing, imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering of the saints. Now, the big, point I, uh, the big thing I want to point out here is that they were freely willing, and then they wanted that they were to receive this gift. So my next point is give up your stuff. Did he say what? <laughs> Give up your stuff. Yeah. 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 So we know this guy right here, right? Mark 10, 17 and 22. Somebody knows already. Yeah. This is about the rich young ruler here. Now, as he was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Now, this is a rich man coming to another rich man asking for advice. So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your mother and your father. And he said to him, teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him, loved him loved him and said to him, one thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come take up the cross and follow me. So there's two things that I'm going to point out in this. I'm going to come back to the second part. But the first part, he's basically saying, hey, give up your stuff. And the last part, it says, but he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. And as we know, the great possessions had him. Because this was a heart test right here, right? The Bible says wherever your treasure will be, that's where your heart is, right? And so Jesus already knew the outcome of his obedience to what he just said. But he couldn't get there because he wasn't willing to give up his stuff. And I like the fact that uh, Pastor pointed this out one time, and I just, I was like, wow, you know, like what? He was like, look, he didn't tell you to give everything away. He said, sell what you have and give. Follow me. Sometimes we get that idea. Well, I ain't give everything away. It, what if he did ask you to give everything away? We know Pastor Derber and them, they, phew, everything. So what if he did? 
This God, right? This God, he's, we talking about God? Yeah. One who made all this? Yeah. If he telling me to do anything, I'm, you know, hey, praise the Lord. Let's get there. Uh, and so, you know, this message, is, this is when he turns to uh, his disciples and, and he says, you know, how hard is it for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven and all of that? And then he clarifies in another scripture, how hard is it, how hard is it for those who trust in their riches to enter into the kingdom of heaven? But when they were talking, when he was talking about that, the you know, disciples sitting there looking like, well, who can be saved? Because, you know, they got, you know, they loaded themselves and all of that. But, you know, he said, he said, with man, it's impossible with God. And you know what? One thing that stood out to me, if you go to, uh, praise the Lord, if you go to Mark, excuse me, Matthew 19, 16, it says, now behold, one came and said to him, good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? God told him what the good thing was. He, He told him what it was. And part of that was give up your stuff. That's a good thing. That is a good thing. You know what I mean? That's a good thing, especially for those who are, you know, of course, receiving. You know, but for us, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. That's a good thing. God's not taking nothing from you. He's giving something to you. He's trying to get something to you and show you how to operate into a new system, right? Right. Praise the Lord. I come to this conclusion. If you make any and everything that you have releasable to God, he is able to use you like a weapon. Point and shoot. You know, I was thinking about this, and and, uh, I got the image of when Pastor was talking about praying and warfare praying. He was like, no, 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 nobody's trying to use And I was like, man, I want to be able to give like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I you know, you got that machine thing, the machine gun where the bullets are coming up. And it's, gig, 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 gig. the more you keep shooting, the more it comes in. That's how you give. Gig, 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 gig. Then I started laughing because then I got Harlem Knights in my head. You know, they got like, pow, you know. Gig, 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 gig. Pow, you know. I think that's, how, that's how some people give. They give. Gig, 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 gig. Give. <laughs> me and God be having a good time (laughs) praise the Lord (laughs) give (laughs) praise the Lord but here here he says so he said give up your stuff (laughs) He also said, follow me. And so my next point is not only give up your stuff, give up yourself. Give up yourself. Praise the Lord. If you go back to 2 Corinthians 8 and 5. (laughs) It says, and not only as we had hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord. They first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. Yeah. Uh, if we can go to it quickly, it's in the NIV Colo- Colossians. I was going to say Colossians. I've been playing around too much. Colossians 4 and 2. <laughs> Colossians? Did he really? Colossians. 
4 and 2. In the NIV, it says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. If uh, uh, Paul said to Timothy, if you go to uh, 1 Timothy 4, 13 to, excuse me, 13 to 16 in the NIV. Amen. It says, until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift, which was given you through prophecy when the body of the elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters and give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Of course, that your progress is evident to all. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them because if you do, you will save both yourselves and your hearers. And this one was, was another big one that stood out. And I was like, God, that is good. It's uh, Titus 3 and 14. Our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good in order to provide for urgent needs and not live unproductive lives. So he gave me this. It might have been, you know, for me as well, too, because I'm a technology kind of guy. But, hey, he said, turn off Roku, Fire Stick, Apple TV, Pandora, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat. All these things are designed to get your attention. They are purposefully making the technology addictive. And we know that video we send out there, you know, you're constantly checking your phone. You're constantly doing this. You're constantly doing that. Well, we're not supposed to meditate on that all day long. We're supposed to meditate the word. You know, if we meditate the word, you know, then we'll have good success. You know what I mean? And so you're, you're, you're giving up your stuff and you're giving up yourself. And uh, this I pointed out that you're, they first gave themselves to the Lord. And, you know, one of the things that uh, I also saw and I, and I, and I heard in this that we're, we're doing this, it's a part of God's plan. And, I, you know, we know about, you know, everybody's favorite Canada rapper or whatnot, and he has this song called God's Plan. Some people have seen the video. In the video, he goes around giving out a million dollars in the video, actually giving them to the people and that type of stuff. And I look at that and I'm like, okay, we should be doing that. We should be doing that because he's out there winning souls, not for God, though he used God's plan. You know what I mean? We should be out there being able to distribute in that way freely because we know we're winning souls for the Lord. You know what I mean? We've given ourselves over to God. We're doing this so that we be able to minister into them, not only of their substance, but minister unto their souls so that their soul can get saved. You know what I'm saying? So that in that in that regard, you know, that kind of. You know, it messed with me when I saw that, but we're going to get there. We're going to get there. If you give yourself up, give yourself up. See, you can do this if you already have a mindset that you're going to give it before you have it. And that you start working now on what you already have. Because God never asked you to give out of what you don't have, even though financial grace will allow you to give beyond your ability to give. But it's a heart change. You're giving up your thoughts, giving up your own thoughts, giving up your own plans. You're giving up your own stuff, and you're giving up of yourself. Turn to your neighbor and say, give up. Give up. So now it's starting to, right? Uh, and I'm almost finished. I know some people who get that. When you hear that. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Especially if you're in the a, in a, in a church that ain't, you know, praise the Lord. I'm going to keep going. All right. Uh, 
let's go back to 2 Corinthians 8 and 5, right where we were. <laughs> He's like, I'm almost finished. Praise God. No, um, <laughs> it said, so not only did we have hope, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us. And it's a big thing. You know, uh, we know we've been in some churches, and, and I'm talking to the people online. Just look straight ahead. All right. And <laughs> it says they gave themselves to us. Who y'all think he's talking about? Paul, right? He's talking about himself, right? We must give ourselves over to the man and woman of God as unto God. Submitting ourselves to the vision that has been placed on them. Right. First Peter five, five and seven. New King James. Likewise, you younger people submit yourself to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility for God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble, to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him for he cares for you. Last but not least, number five, give up on your pride. Give up on your pride. You know, we, uh, we got to get past age. We got to get past seeing just John and Kim. We got to get past, oh, I don't like the way they said that. We got to get past, well, what have you, you, none of that. We got to get past all of that in order for God to be able to work freely and flow freely through us. So when I said when we went out to NACO, we went out in representation not only of ourselves, we went out in representation of the Lord, and we went out in representation of them too. So whenever we're out and about, we're constantly reminded and thankful for that because we're taught well in this church, praise the Lord. We're taught well in this church. And just be mindful that everything that we do is still can connect back to mom and dad here. Exceeding grace. Now, it's funny. I think about uh, when we were out there in Naco, they had about 14 kids. That would be 14 kids, and uh, I was ready to bring back a litter at this orphanage, you know what I mean? But I just thought about it because, you know, how would that sound? You know, media director of Exceeding Grace Christian Center found at the border with 14 C that just wouldn't work. <laughs> you know, how they always know your credentials, right? They know where you work, where you were. The government, it's funny, boy, and the media. <laughs> but, you know what I mean? You know, that we know that when we go over there, we're going in representation of our, our parents. And so that's if you've given yourselves over to them as you have unto the Lord. Uh, Hebrews 13, 7, 17, excuse me, Hebrews 13, 17 says, obey those who have rule over you and be, uh, be submissive for they watch over for your souls. They watch out for your souls. They watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief. For that would be unprofitable for you. So you're, you're, you're getting rid of, you know, you just seeing them on a day-to-day. When they, when they step out and they operate in the office that they're operating them, they're operating under God's grace to go out and do it. And then you just have to let, and you give yourself over to And it makes it easy. Everything that you do outside because you're blessing them that's following God and you're following them, it just comes easy. So now when you go out, we can go and say, hey, don't stop us at the border. 
You know what I mean? And we can go out because we're under a demander's anointing. You know, and we can say, okay, these children, now, I don't know if I said it before tonight, but uh, out of those 14, 10 of those got saved. Four got baptized. That's never happened before with the missions, you know, the missionary that we went over with. That's never happened before. But when we left, Dad said, go change their lives. Let them see something different. And we did that. We didn't go over there talking like they talk. Now, praise God, they love God, you know, but they don't talk the way we talk. You know what I mean? And so when we teach and we get out there, we're not going to water it down to try and make them feel good about their situation that's over there. No, we're going to go in the same anointing that mom and dad have. That's because we've given ourselves over to them, just like we have with God. So let's, uh, praise the Lord, let's read this again. After all of that, let's read this again, 2 Corinthians 8, 1 through 7, in the Message Bible. And let's think about giving up your own thoughts, giving up your own plans, giving up your stuff, and giving up yourself, and giving up your pride in this context. It says, now friends, I want to report on the surprising and generous ways in which God is working in the churches in Macedonia province. Fierce troubles came down on the people of those churches, pushing them to the very limit. The trial exposed their true colors. They were incredibly happy, though desperately poor. The pressure triggered something totally unexpected, an outpouring of pure and generous gifts. I was there and saw it for myself. They gave offerings of whatever they could, far more than they could afford, pleading for the privilege of helping out in the relief of poor Christians. This was totally spontaneous, entirely their own idea and caught us completely off guard. What explains it was that they had first given themselves unreservedly to God and to us. The other giving simply flowed out of the purposes of God working in their lives. That's what prompted us to ask Titus to bring the relief offering to your attention. So that was so well well begun could be finished up. Here it is. You do so well in so many different things. You trust God. You're articulate. Let's see. Exceeding grace, you do so well in so many things. You trust God. You're articulate. You're insightful. You're passionate. You love us now. Do your best in this too. Amen. Give up. Give up. That's all I have. Praise the Lord. Great job. Great job. Come on, give God a big hand for that. Wow. You know, take your seats. You know, I was, as I listened to that, uh, you know, we, we know Brother Kirk, Brother Kirkland. You like to call him Brother Franklin around the office. And, uh, you know, we know he's a comical guy and you were used to hearing him and seeing all and so on and so forth. But, I hope y'all caught how profound that teaching was. You know, he joked around, but that was profound. Um, it was, it was Ivy League teaching in a elementary s- school style. I, I really hope y'all caught that. Um, and what I kept hearing was choke points. That 
those five instructions, give up your thoughts, give up your plans, give up your stuff, give up yourself, give up your pride, those are choke points. And, you know, you could have put them in a different order, rearranged them all. kind. Of, you could just scramble them around if you want to. And the reality of it is, if you don't, if you don't do those five things, you're not going anywhere. Y'all hear what I'm saying to you? I mean, that's serious. And, and I, you know, I'm not trying to make the, the mood somber. I mean, he, he, he did his thing. I'm, I'm just trying to say, um, don't, don't, don't overlook that because I was Kurt. Because if Apostle Derber came in and preached those same five things, he'll be, oh, praise God, that's great. Be, oh, my God, oh, God, my, wow. He just preached Ivy League principles. And, you know, it's kind of like back when we were younger, we used to, my mom, they, they'd get cod liver oil and uh, uh, castor oil and all those kind of things. They used to make us take, you know what I'm talking about? And they used to put it in something sometimes because to take it straight, you just couldn't take it, Angie, right? You just, you just, yeah. So they had to mix it with something. So that's what God, God took. God took some straight cod liver oil and put in some orange juice for us just now. In hopes that we would not choke on it. And so I, I pray tonight, I pray that um, we accept it. The Bible says, receive the word with meekness. It says, receive the implanted or the engrafted word with meekness, which is able to save our souls, which means it's able to change and, and fix our emotions, our mind, will, and our emotions to get us to the place where God wants us to be. And um, those are five critical keys to success. There. It wouldn't matter if you were, were uh, going to be playing on the Florida a and University football team. You're going to be a football player. Or if you're going to the military, and you go in the military, they make you give up your own thoughts, your own plans, your own stuff, your own self, and your own pride. They're going to make you. They're going to cut all your hair off. Ain't that right, Glenn? You're going to give up all that stuff in order to conform and become what, what you want to become. That's the, that's the only reason why you went in there. Ain't no draft no more. Right? You went in there for a purpose. So if you came to God and you said, hey, God, I want to I prosper and have good success, boom, he just laid it out to us right there. So the kids just don't choke on any one of those points. Amen? Receive it with thanksgiving. Amen. Another place Paul said, receive uh, it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which works effectively in those who believe. Amen? We're glad. Great job, son. Great job. Data, come now, come now. Minister Barbara Odom, receive her with a great hallelujah and amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. 
Hallelujah. Father God, I just thank you right now, God, for this opportunity to minister your word. I thank you for your presence here with us. I thank you for your anointing, God. I pray, Father, that you anoint me as a vessel, and I pray, Father, that you anoint um, everyone, everyone's ears that they may hear and receive. I pray that you fill my mouth, Lord God, and that you will cause rivers of living water to flow in this place tonight in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I love Jesus. And the more I get to know him, the more I love him. Hallelujah. The more goodness he shows and manifests in my life. And I'm just grateful to be in relationship with him. Grateful. Hallelujah. And I'm grateful to be a part of this house. And I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to be a daughter in this house. And I, and I don't think that God could have chosen any, any better place to, to equip me and to train me and to teach me. And I'm like, man. So I'm just grateful. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. All right. Bless the Lord. Well, tonight we're going to be talking about accessing spiritual blessings. Accessing spiritual blessings. If we look at Ephesians chapter 1, and we just have, we just have one verse that we're going to look at. Kirkland took all my time. Praise God. <laughs> I love you, Kirk. <laughs> it's all good, though. <laughs> all right. Ephesians 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And uh, last week, I was just spending some time with the Lord and talking to the Lord, and I was asking the Lord about, you know, I was, I was sharing with him that I desire to see more supernatural manifestations in my life. Amen. I'm grateful for the supernatural manifestations in my life that I have already experienced, but I know that there is more that God wants to do in me, for me, and through me. And so I was talking to the Lord, and um, I, was just, I, was just asking, I, I was just asking him, hey, Lord, what, you know, you know I, I just really strongly desire this. And, 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 it, and the reason why I desire it so bad is because I know that it is God's will for my life. I know for a fact that God wants to do supernatural things in my life and through my life. And so when you know that God wants to do something, but it's not happening, you, 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 you get a tad bit, you get a little bit frustrated. I, I, will, I will admit it. But I'm so grateful for the Lord because he knows how to remind us of the things that we need to know. And he, and he reminded me that day that, hey, you already have access to it. And so he began to show me uh, some keys to, to how we can access these spiritual blessings. And as soon as I finished, you know, sharing my heart with him, the very first thing he told me, he said, he said the foundation for a super, supernatural life or the foundation for accessing spiritual blessings, it starts with a life of spiritual disciplines. It starts with the foundation for a supernatural life. They, it, it's spiritual disciplines. The Bible talks about in uh, uh, Matthew chapter 6 where Jesus is talking about three spiritual disciplines in particular. He talked about the discipline of giving. He talked about the discipline of prayer. And he talked about the discipline of fasting. And so these 
there are other spiritual disciplines, but, but spiritual disciplines are the foundation for a supernatural life. He told me that, he says that the spiritual discipline of giving connects us to God's supernatural provision. Let's take a look at Malachi chapter 3, and I know we know this verse, but we're going to look at it anyway, praise God. Because you can never look at the word of God too many times, can you? So Malachi chapter 3, verses 8 through 10, it says, Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Then it says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And so we see here how the discipline of tithing will connect you to God's supernatural provision. What is a window in heaven? When a, if, if it's a window in heaven, that means it's not coming from down here. It's being released from another, another realm. All right? And so our, our tithing and our giving, it connects us. Luke 6.38 talks about how when you give, what's going to happen? It's going to be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give unto your bosom. So it is very essential that if we want to see God's supernatural provision in our lives, we have to live a lifestyle of tithing and a lifestyle of giving. Because what happens is if we're not doing these spiritual disciplines, when we, when we get in a position where we need to manifest something, we don't have anything to fall back on except for the mercy and grace of God. Now, the good news is that we serve a good God, and God is merciful, and he reigns on the just and the unjust, and he sends his son to shine on the just and the unjust. But when you know, hallelujah, that you are in covenant with God, and you know that you are a tither, and you know that you are a giver, you know, hallelujah, that you have a right to this, to this promise that God has already promised you. And so it gives you a little bit of confidence, not in yourself, but in God's faithfulness to do what he said that he's going to do. Amen? All right, so we got to be givers. All right, the next one is prayer. Prayer connects us to the heart and the will of God. We're talking about a lifestyle of spiritual disciplines. So we need to be people of prayer. The Bible tells us in Jeremiah 29... Verse 12, it says, then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. The God of heaven, the God who created the heavens and the earth, when we pray to him, he will listen to us. He hears us. Our prayers are not falling on deaf ears, but they're God, God is listening to you. Now, the good thing is that God is not only listening to us. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you do not know. And so when we live a lifestyle of prayer, it enables God to speak to us and to show us and connect us to him and connect us to his heart and connect us to his will. But if we don't live a lifestyle of prayer, we don't know what's going on. We don't know what the will of God is. 
And so we got to make sure that we stay connected to the heart of God and connected to the will of God by living a lifestyle of prayer. And the, the third discipline that I want to talk about today is fasting. Fasting. Fasting connects us to the power of God. The Lord, the Lord told me several months ago, maybe even last year, he said, if you don't live a lifestyle of fasting, you'll never walk in the supernatural. If you're, if you're not fasting, you, you, you won't see the supernatural. Fa fasting is a discipline that unlocks the power of God in our lives. And how do we know that? Let's take a look at Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Oh, we got to be people of spiritual discipline. Luke chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. It says, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing. And afterward, when, he, when, when they had ended, he was hungry. Now, so we see Jesus was led into the wilderness, and he fasted for 40 days. Let's jump down to verse number 14. Right after this fast, verse 14, then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went out through all the surrounding region. And so after Jesus had had submitted himself to 40 days of fasting and prayer and being tempted by the devil, he came out full of power. He said he was, he returned in the power of the Spirit. And so if we want to ever walk in the power of the Spirit, we got to make sure that we live a lifestyle of fasting. And so once God showed that to me, and he showed me the importance of that lifestyle of giving and that lifestyle of prayer and that lifestyle of fasting, the very next thing that he told me he said, behold, I have given you the keys. He said, I have given you the keys. And I jumped up because that, that leaped in my spirit because as soon as he said, he just, he just said, hey, the foundation of spiritual disciplines. Then he says, I have given you the keys. And I said, oh, my goodness. So let's take a look. I'm jumping ahead of myself, but we're going to go there anyway. I don't want to reel it in. We're already there. All right. So we're going to go to Matthew chapter 16. And verse 19. And for the sake of time, I'm just going to, once I find it, I'm just going to read. So in verse 19 says, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. All right? Now, let's take a look at um, this word, and I, I, the media doesn't have it, so you guys are just going to have to have to listen. Okay, is that all right? Yeah. All right, good. As soon as I find it on this paper. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. So this, this word keys is the Greek word kleis. Okay. It means a key, 
Then it says, since the keeper of the keys has the power to open and shut. So the keeper of the keys has the power to open and shut. Metaphorically in the New Testament to denote power and authority of various kinds. So Jesus is telling us that I have given you the ability to open some things and to shut some things. Our scripture here in uh, Ephesians 1, he says, Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Past tense. In other words, there are some things that God has already blessed us with. It says, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Okay? So, God has already blessed us with some spiritual blessings in a heavenly place. Okay? So, these things already belong to us. Okay? So, this word spiritual, basically, it just means um, it's of a spiritual form. Okay? We know about the natural world. This chair, the chairs y'all sitting in, those are natural chairs. You can see them. You can touch them. You can sit in them. Right? So, the fact that these things are spiritual, they're in a, in a spiritual form. The Bible talks about in um, 1 Corinthians 15 different types of bodies. They say there are some terrestrial bodies and some celestial bodies. In other words, there are some spiritual bodies and there are some earthly or natural bodies. All right? So these blessings that God has already made available to us are in a spiritual form. Okay? And not only are they in a spiritual form, but they are in a spiritual place. In Christ. All right? Let me, let me show you some good news. Let's go to Ephesians. Back to Ephesians chapter. We're going to go to chapter 2 this time. So our spiritual blessings are in heavenly places, right? Ephesians chapter 2, verse number I'll just start at verse number four for context. It says, but God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in, tr in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Look at verse six. And raised us up together and made us sit together where? In heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So the good news is that God has already positioned us, hallelujah, to be able to have access to these, heavenly, to these spiritual blessings in heavenly places because the Bible just told us that he has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places. Where? In Christ Jesus. So, so the things that you desire from God, the spiritual blessings that God has stored up for you, he has already given you access. He has already positioned you to be able to take a hold of these things. Amen? All right. So here's the thing. What God, we have to understand that the spiritual realm is a real realm, y'all. Do I have some spiritual people in here tonight? So there is a spiritual realm that exists. 
And everything that you see in the natural realm was birthed or came from something from the spiritual realm, whether good or bad. So this, this spiritual realm is the causal realm. Let's read, let's take a look at this scripture. This, this is uh, Hebrews 11.3. All right. And we're going to read that in the Passion Translation. Hebrews 11.3, because we got to understand that there's a realm that exists beyond what we can see with our natural eye. And in that realm lie everything that you need. Hallelujah. So Hebrews 11.3 in the, the Passion Translation says, Faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. He spoke, and the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. <laughs> there are some things that really exist in a spiritual form in heavenly places that belongs to you, that God has given you access to. And we're going to keep going, and we're going to talk about how do we get access to those things. Now, here's what the Lord did. Here's what the Lord, here's what the Lord um, said to me. He said, I have seated my people in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, but he said my people are spending too much time in the wrong dimension. We have access to the spiritual realm. But we're spending too much time down here in this earthly realm. And Brother Kirkland said it. Your spiritual blessings are not on Facebook. Your spiritual blessings are not on Instagram. They're not at the football field. They're not at these places where, where, we're, where we're allowing ourselves to be pulled away and distracted. God is looking for people who are, who are ready and able to live beyond all that stuff. And we're wondering why the manifestation is taking so long. It's because we're in the wrong dimension. We're down here with all this, this stuff. When, when our stuff is not up here. It's not down here. It's up there. And this word came to me, y'all. This word came to me. I didn't, when, when, when the God gave me this word, I didn't know I was going to be up here. So this, one, this was not, you know, let me go find what, you know, this was, yeah, this was for me. So let's take a look. At, um, let's go to Revelation chapter 1, and we're going to look in the, we're going to look at two, ver two, two uh, versions. We're going to look at the passion, and we'll, we'll start with the passion. And we're looking at Revelation 1.10. Revelation 1.10. All right, and it says, this is John speaking in the book of Revelation. He says, I was, where was he? On the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. So look, y'all, John was in the spirit realm. John knew how to ascend into the spirit realm, and when he got, when he, when he ascended to that realm, he had an encounter with Jesus Christ and downloaded the whole book of Revelation because he knew how to ascend into the heavenly realm and get what belonged to him. 
So let's look at this in the, the New Living Translation. The New Living Translation. Y'all, it's time. God's looking for a spiritual people. It's too much carnality in the church. It's too much fleshliness and worldliness in the body of Christ. And that's why we're not walking in the power that we should walk in. But all these things have been made available to us. But we got to be willing to go up and get them. All right, it says, it was the Lord's day and I was worshiping in the spirit. And suddenly, I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. So he was worshiping in the spirit. And so our worship is one of the ways that we can ascend to that realm and get access to what God has already made available to us. So we got to be people of worship, y'all. We got to be people of worship. We got to spend our time in the presence of God. We got to spend our time in the face of God. Hallelujah. So we can have an encounter with him and he can give us a revelation. Hallelujah. One of the other ways, one of the primary ways that we get into the spirit is by praying in the spirit. It's by praying in the spirit. And I know we, we talk a lot about praying in the spirit here. and We learn a lot about praying in the spirit here. But what we want to do, what we want to make sure we do when we pray in the spirit is that, and, and, and I, um, Pastor Kim taught us this about even with the word. When, you know, we, we, we listen to the word, but we're doing other stuff. It's like background noise. And so I think a lot of times we do the same thing with praying in the spirit. We're driving in the car or we're washing the dishes and we're, and we're praying in the spirit. And that's good because you're sowing to the spirit and you're praying mysteries and you're going to reap revelation. But there are some times when you got to go in the spirit because you, you need to do some business in the realm of the spirit. You know, I enjoy spending time with the Lord and just hanging out with God and just chilling with God and, and fellowshipping with God. But there are some times when, 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 when I have an agenda, when, when, I, when, my, when I have an agenda, when I know I need breakthrough, when I know I need manifestation, I have an agenda in the spirit because God has already given me access. And all I need to do is go to the right realm and get access to what God has already made available to me. And so when we pray in the spirit, we know that the spirit is making intercession for us. So, so the spirit is translating what we're saying into a language that heaven understands. And it's unlocking, <laughs> hallelujah, those spiritual blessings that God has made available to us. You know, when you, when you start praying, in the, listen, our flesh is not going to be in agreement with this. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to tell you that right now. I'm going to tell you that right now. Your flesh is not going to be in agreement with this. But. You know, when, when, we, when we pray in the spirit, when we first start praying in the spirit, right, you got all these thoughts going on in your head. I know I do. You know, everything is popping up. You know, everything I got to do today is popping up. You know, what I didn't do yesterday is popping up. Just crazy stuff is just popping up. And if we don't 
press beyond that. We'll never get to this place in the spirit where we can really have an encounter with God. And so this is what I do. I'm just going to tell y'all what I do, okay? What I do is when I have my prayer time in the mornings, I mandate myself to pray in the spirit for at least 30 minutes. Now, it might sound religious or whatever, but you have to discipline your flesh. Because if you don't discipline your flesh, your mind's going to start wandering and you're going to skip on to the next thing and be on with the next thing. So, so what's going to happen if you mandate yourself to pray in the spirit for at least 30 minutes or whatever, however long? What's going to happen is you're going to move beyond that, that, that point where you're so, your thoughts are still popping up. This is practical teaching, y'all. This is practical. Okay. So what's happened is when you first start praying in the spirit, you're more aware of your soul, those thoughts, those feelings, those emotions. But once you push beyond that, you become more sensitive to the realm of the spirit. You get to a place like John was where you're in the spirit. And some of us are praying in tongues, but we're not persevering enough to where we get to the point where we're in the spirit and we can begin unlocking the things that God already has for us. So, so, so this is what we do, okay? Once you get sensitive to the spirit, right, you press beyond that soulish place and you get into the, the spiritual place, now you're sensitive to what's going on in the spirit. And as you are praying, you can sense what, what, what God is doing in you and in the spirit realm. Even if you don't know the details, you know that virtue is being released out of your spirit as you pray. And you know that something in the heavens is shifting and being released when you get to that place. But if you never get to that place, so, so we got to learn how to pray things through. You know, God, God spoke to me a, a, a while ago about praying for things, right? You can pray for something, but it's something else when you pray it all the way through. And so... When we pray it through, we get to a point where we feel a release in the spirit because we're now sensitive to the spirit realm and we know that we have what we have asked of him and we sense that place where it has been released. Has anybody ever had anything where you pray for something from the depths of your spirit and you felt like, oh man, something broke? <laughs> something broke in the spirit but so can you see how if we don't get to that point that we we, we're, we can't get the full manifestation or it takes longer because we're kind of like tapping at it instead of just going straight in and knocking we're just tapping that stuff because we pray in the spirit five minutes here and pray in the spirit you know ten minutes there and we pray in the spirit while we're driving to work but we got to take that time and we gotta we gotta we gotta go in So, um, 
So once you get to, I love the way the Holy Ghost works. I got a lot of stuff on here, but I don't need to say that. I think I made my point, right? I think God has made his point. Okay, so once we, once we get to that place, all right? So we, 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 when we have our prayer time, we have to take this concentrated, focused time of praying in the spirit, worshiping in the spirit, and, you, and we do it until we sense that what we, what, what we went for, it has been accomplished. Does that make sense to y'all? Remember, the spirit realm is to cause a realm. So once it's done up there, it's only a matter of time before, before it manifests. It's only a matter of time before it manifests because it's already done. That's why Jesus said, believe you receive when you pray because you know it's already done. But see, a lot of us have prayed for things, and we're still not sure that it's already done. Because that release you get in your spirit is what your faith connects to. And so even when you don't see it in the natural realm, you're not moved because you know you already did what you had to do in the realm of the spirit. Okay. So once you have... Once you have prayed in the spirit and you have felt and sensed that shift, that, that release, that it has already been done in the spirit, there's, a, there's three things that we need to do after that. Three things that we need to do. Let's go to Psalm 47. Verse number seven in the New King James. I'm just going to read it from my paper. It says, for God is the king of all the earth. Then it says, sing praises with understanding. So after we prayed something through and we felt the release in the spirit, the next thing we need to do from now until it manifests is we need to praise. And we, we need to praise. And it says praise with understanding because now I understand that I've already received what I prayed for. Now I understand that God has already given me access. So we got to understand the, the power of our praise. And see, what, our praise is like the air traffic controller. Your praise is like directing that thing that God has already released. It's directing it right to you. Land right over here. <laughs> it's already been released. It's already been released. It just needs a little bit of direction. Okay, right. So we got we to gotta, we gotta praise, y'all. We got to be people of praise, and we got to understand how our praise affects and shifts that spirit realm. You see, these blessings are spiritual. So that means we got to use spiritual weapons and spiritual tools to be able to access them. They cannot be accessed by natural means. They got to be accessed by the spiritual tools that God has given us, our praise. The next thing we have to do, Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6.13, it says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. 
So after we have pressed through in the spirit, we've gotten the release, we're praising God. The next thing we got to do, Pastor Kim, is we got to stand our ground. Because just because you pray does not mean the devil is not going to come and try to, try to tell you that, it, no, you didn't do nothing. Just because you prayed and you felt the release in the spirit, the devil is not going to stop talking in your ear. So you're still going to have to stand. You're still going to have to do what Jesus did and say, no, devil, it is written that I'm the head and not the tail. It is written that by his stripes I am healed. You're still going to have to stand. So we got to praise. We got to stand our ground. And the last thing we have to do, Philippians 4, 6 and 7 in the New Living Translation. Says, do not, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live. So the third thing we need to do, y'all, is we need to rest. Look, you've, already, you've done your work. You've done your work. You, like, like, like Ephesians told us, having, having done all, you've done your part. You pressed in. God has done his part. He's made it available. Now you just chill. You just rest, and you keep praising, and you wait in expectation for that thing to fully manifest in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. That's it. I'm done. Praise the Lord. Come on. Give God some praise right now for that word. Hallelujah. Come on. Give God a mighty praise if you receive that. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. We receive that word tonight. We thank you that we have spiritual blessings, God. Start up for us. We can act as every one of them. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Take your seats real quick. Hallelujah. Barbara, that was an awesome job. Amen.